If your life has devolved into what are we watching tonight, we have the fix. 52 Ways, a guide to better relationships. It'll have you laughing, cooking, exploring, and discovering new things about your partner that you never thought you'd find out. Whether you're just getting the wrapper off your relationship or celebrating your 23rd anniversary, you'll have a blast with Katherine Borkowski and 52 Ideas for Fun and Playful Entertainment. Join us each week right here on webtalkradio.net. Here's Catherine. Welcome, everyone, to week four of 52 Ways to a Better Relationship. I'm your host, Catherine Borkowski, here with Beth Weiniger. And we are going to share with you this week romance, art, and other wonderfully freaky stuff. Um, This week I want to talk to you about how to add some romance into your nightly activities. So for this week we're talking about going to the theater, um, plays, plays in the park, outdoors in the park. Um, And we're also going to talk about some of the museums that you've heard us talk about in the past few weeks. Um, The first thing I want to say is that even though we are in a pandemic, it's also really important to not lose sight of how dressing up and making oneself look look pretty and look handsome has a psychological, psychological effect of making you feel better. So many of us are suffering from a depression, being locked indoors and and not being able to go out, and some of the restrictions are being lifted, but we still, you know, are feeling like, why why even get out of our pajamas? Um, and so this week, I want to focus on the importance of getting up, getting out, even in minimal samples, so that you can enjoy each other's company and a fun dressed up, romantic kind of way. Speaking from experience, I know that when I have a bad day, I usually do my hair and makeup and try to make myself look prettier so that in a psychological way I feel prettier. I know when I was teaching, my students always knew if I was having a bad day or if I had a cold because I always did my hair and makeup really nice. Most days I walked in there business casual and you know, very minimal makeup and my hair in a ponytail kind of thing. But um, dressing up always made me feel better, especially if I was suffering a cold or I was in a grouchy mood. Um, And the other thing is, as we touched upon in weeks past, that how both men and women are affected by their partners dressing up. For a man, the when a woman dresses up, and yes, I'm taking feminism back a couple decades, but men like to see pretty things. And if uh, his partner is always slumming it, so I say clothes-wise and makeup-wise, doesn't mean they're going to le- love you any less, but the visual appeal of dressing up and looking pretty is going to stimulate your partner. For a female, when their partner dresses up, it shows that they are and willing to go to a play or a museum or something like that. It shows that their partner is trying to connect with them on a mental basis. So a woman is more aroused by a good-looking, well-dressed man because they are making an effort as well. 
Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And I was always, um, one of the things that attracts me, I don't know if it's, you know, gets me going, whatever you want to say, is when a man smells really nice. Oh. Like when he's showered and he's got like my favorite cologne on, um, it just, I don't know, it triggers something in me. Uh, smelling, yeah. the smelling nice is really important, and I'll tell you, the olfactory, which is your smelling sense, the olfactory sense is the most um, memorable sense. That is correct. You will, yeah, I do that, know that. Yeah. That you remember since, um, from hundreds of years ago, you'll, you'll catch a whiff of something, and you're like, oh, that reminds me of my grandmother. Oh, that reminds me of my childhood. Oh, that reminds me of such and such. And so when a man smells nice and clean and fresh and has this uh, whatever scent, the pheromones, you know, triggering you, mm-hmm. you're going to remember that and you're going to want your partner constantly having that scent because mm-hmm. it'll be something that uh, memory-wise will arouse you. Yes. I agree. I agree totally with that. Now, in a best-case scenario... I would suggest that for this week is going out to a play, going out to theater in the park, going, you know, and experiencing something fun and cultural and entertaining. It can be a musical. It can be straight, a straight play. A concert. A concert. Yeah. Well. I mean, not now. But yeah. But I'm saying musical concerts are set for a different time. Mm-hmm. This is more of a theatrical oh, okay. kind of thing. Okay. Um, and right now we know that Hamilton and Lion King and Phantom and Les Mis and Wicked, these are all shows that have been had to put on hold and are just beginning to reopen. And so if you get the opportunity, the the best wish would be to go out, get dressed up, and go out to one of these performances while maintaining social distancing when possible. However, this is not an impossibility to have a night of theater or have a night of a concert or a play or an opera because so many of our TV stations are now um, filming them or, or projecting them for us. So, in a corona world, I still suggest dressing up, getting dressed up, and getting looking really nice. And you can watch on your big screen TV, Phantom of the Opera, Les Mis, um, and even uh, Hamilton now is out on the Disney Channel. So, those are top three musicals that you can watch from the comfort of your own home. There are also many operas available, um, and any kind of theatrical, cultural experience a lot of women and men both appreciate this and it is available from the comfort of your own home but i don't want you doing it in the comfort of blue jeans the point is to dress up and still look good even if you're forced to stay home it'll make you feel so much better emotionally and psychologically if uh want to if you want to uh pair it with something I have paired it in my book, 52 Dates, One Year Together. I've paired a night at the uh, theater with um, view um, restaurants that have amazing views. Most cities have restaurants on top of buildings or at the airport or on top of hotels or out um, out in where you can see mountains or some kind of beautiful scenery. Mm -hmm. And that's why I paired it with the musical or the theatrical uh, night of romance. 
is that you want to keep the romance going by with a visual appeal for dinner. And so that is why in the book you'll see it paired with different uh, quote-unquote fancies, uh, viewpoint, best vantage point viewpoint of the best restaurants in the country with the best overview of something, you know, a scenery. They're, they're offering scenery with dinner. And so that's what I suggest. If you can't get out again, you could have these restaurants delivered to you. Have a high-priced, high-romance uh, dinner outside picnic to have a night under the stars and plan a picnic out in your front yard or backyard of fine dining and looking at the stars all while having a romantic and then go dinner and then going inside and watch one of the plays or one of the musicals, one of the operas we've suggested. The point of this date is a night of romance. Getting dressed up, getting re going through the motions is just as important as if you were able to go out during this time period. For those of you interested in opera, Beth and I came across this trio from Italy that is probably, for their age and for their talent, one of the most amazing trios I have ever watched. And they are, um, you can watch them on YouTube and you can um, watch them on your public broadcasting station. I found them on PBS. Their name is Ivolo. That's I-L-V-O-L-A. L-O. L-O. Okay. Um, I was flipping channels one night and I came across, looked like a, like a rendition, and it actually was a rendition of the three tenors, but it was these three young boys. Um, boys to me, I mean, even though I think they're young men now, they're, they're, they're still very young. Um, incredible voices. Um, and they, I think they did the rendition of the three tenors concert or whatever. Um, beautifully sung. Um, they, they are from Italy and they are just so incredibly talented, but I will say what I love about them is they mix kind of the older, um, forties and fifties music with classical opera. And I know that they've produced quite a few Spanish albums, um, but they're just incredible singers. And I find their music very romantic and it's very beautiful. Um, Agreed. Their music for such a young age will uh, wow you as, yes. pa as Pavarotti even. If, we, if that is your style, I highly, highly recommend looking up Il, Il Volo. And the trio will absolutely stun you. So that's our plug for this week is to look up those two, or those three young gentlemen, um, and enjoy their music because they have so many a variety of styles and what they sing. Mm -hmm. Because when I when I saw them, you know, I just kind of left it on there because I do I, I like I like opera or whatever. And I remember looking at them going, I'm like, how old are they? And you know, looking at how young they were. And how incredible their voices and how very developed their voices were for their age. So I kind of just did an online, you know, search of it. And at, I think at the time they were like 18, 19. I just, they're just incredible. They're, they're really incredible singers. And, um, something I actually like to listen to. I mean, um, I'll like flip on like YouTube and just listen to some of their music and do things around the house because they are incredible singers and their music is very romantic. It is. It is a, the touch of romance that, and the idea of romance that we are wanting to 
promote this week is something romantic, some, going out of your way to do something romantic for your partner. As an alternative date or as an additional date, um, we are highlighting museums. And as we've talked in past uh, weeks, not just art museums, but a variety of kinds of museums. They Museums aren't just for art anymore. But if you happen to be an art lover, most thriving cities have an active art museum that have their regular art pieces on display. And the benefit of going to a museum on a date is that you both can casually stroll through looking at the art pieces, talking to each other, discussing the pieces, and having a conversation about your likes and dislikes uh, regardless of what you are looking at. Um, some of the most noteworthy museums, and uh, I'm going to go over those, but a lot of museums are having to close because of corona. And are, so uh, I would highlight, look on the internet and make sure the museums are still open and mm -hmm. what their hours are. Mm -hmm. Some are still open, some are opening back up, and some are closed. So uh, before you trek out to your local museum, make sure that they're still in operation. But noteworthy art museums um, are the Smithsonian Art Museum, the National Gallery, uh, Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Arizona, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, the Art Institute of Chicago, the Philadelphia Museum, the Detroit Institute of Art, um, the Kimball Art Museum in Fort Worth. Right here in Tampa, we have across the bridge uh, in St. Petersburg, we have the, the Dali, Dali Museum. Museum. Mm -hmm. So most in San Francisco, there are museums. Most big cities, metropolitan areas, have some form of art museum worthy of looking looking at and enjoying the pieces. A lot of people who have private collections send their pieces out on tour, as you would. And so this is an opportunity for you to get to see pieces that uh, uh, during another time wouldn't wouldn't have the ability to. Yeah. Exactly. Unless you were traveling to a specific city or location. Or, um, yeah. Other types of museums <clears throat> that are out there are, uh, there is probably a museum for every subject matter out there. It depends on just, <laughs> humans find everything fascinating. Mm -hmm. We And so a museum is collected, is, has been created for collecting, displaying, and viewing all kinds of specimens. Um, some of the common alternative genres are archaeology, natural history, and science museums. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our big cities all have natural history well, museums. And you could also include in that, like, sports museums, you know, like the Baseball Hall of Fame and things like that, if it's something that, you know... The Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, there's just so... It touches on every subject. There, Everything that could interest you. Anything that interests you, there is a museum for it. You just need to be able to look it up. Mm, you found some... I found some really strange off-center off museums, haven't you? I have. I have. Um, <laughs> now, you wouldn't necessarily think that the Wizard of Oz Museum is odd, but there is like a Wizard of Oz Museum mm -hmm. in Kansas. Uh, we talked before about the Toilet Seat Museum. Yes. And this is Barney Smith's <laughs> Toilet Seat Art Museum located in Alamo Heights, Texas. Now, it sounds funny, but it's actually a sweet story. Um, there is a 93-year-old man who every year made a new piece of toilet seat art for his wife as an anniversary gift. Mm -hmm. So there's hundreds of um, toilet, not hundreds, but 50 toilet seats that have been created into a piece of artwork mm -hmm. that he did for his wife. 
Um, it's free admission, but it's something that, I, you know, if I was in Alamo Heights, Texas, I, I would, would definitely go. I would check it out. Yeah. I would totally check it out. Yeah. Um, there's a mustard museum in Wisconsin. <laughs> there is... Not the, cheese? No, no, it's a mustard museum. Okay. Yeah. It, I guarantee you they have a cheese museum. I guarantee, yeah, okay. probably. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but in Middleton, Wisconsin, there's the mustard museum. There's the Idaho Potato Museum, Mm -hmm. the Museum of Bad Art, which is in Somerville, Massachusetts, Uh, the Waffle House. Which would be something I would create. That's where where my artwork would end up. Little stick figure art? Yes. Okay. (laughs) The Waffle House Museum is located in Decatur, Georgia. The UFO Museum, can you guess, Beth? That would be in Arizona? No, um... New Mexico. Yep, that's New Mexico. It. I'm so Ro- sorry. Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. You you guessed it. Yeah. That's it. Um I to think about that for a minute. The Spam Museum. No, I have no <laughs> idea what the Spam is. Now we're talking Spam in the Can. Spam not in the Spam can. on your computer. No, Spam in the Can spam Museum in the can. Okay. is in Austin, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, the American Banjo Museum in Oklahoma City. Okay, that would be kind of interesting, yeah. I think, because that, that would fall along the lines of like a musical museum, and I think that's awesome. I, I like that idea mm-hmm. also. The yeah. Neon Museum in Las Vegas. Well, yeah, the, now I do know about that one. There's the one, I don't know if they call it a museum, uh, maybe we're talking about the same thing, where they display all of the neon signs, mm-hmm. old neon signs from Las Vegas. And I mean, it's just like this that's big, probably is, what it it's is. probably it, Yeah. Um, from the... From the beginning of Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, old you know retired signs or whatever. Um, How fun! That would be kind of interesting. That's fun, and I think to yeah to see something that was up 40, 50, 60 years ago. Right. Um, whether the hotel or casino still existed or not, I think. Uh, I, I, I yeah, we're probably talking about the same thing. Yeah, I had seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, I think that's really in interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, Haynes, Arkansas, they have the Hammer Museum. If I had a hammer. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. That thing does not like folksy music. I, on the other hand, happen to love it. Um, and you and Ron <laughs> tortured me with that music. Yes, tortured we did. me. Oh, and yeah. Ron would probably like the Hammer Museum. He probably would. Well, you know, because I, I can never, you know, I, 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 funny story. It has nothing to do with this. But I ever tell you the story whenever um, the first time I went to Sears with him? Like, I never understood, like, how men didn't get, like, our shoe shopping and, you know, shopping. And our handbag shopping. And I remember we went into Sears. <laughs> and when we walked into the tool department. Oh. It was like the angels were singing and he was mesmerized. Mesmerized. I couldn't get him out of the tool department. So, it's like, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, it has nothing to do with this. But, yeah, but, you know, it, it was no, his shoe shopping. That is... that. Again, so, a hammer museum would be right up his alley. Tools. Again, yeah. finding... But what you did is you found what your man was interested in. Oh, yeah. And you let him... Uh, yes, we spent 20 minutes debating the merits of some kind of wrench, something. Why this was better than that. And, uh, okay. Okay, honey. And okay, honey. <laughs> we all know that yes, dear, pat on the head, or the okay, honey, uh, really means whatever, dear. <laughs> whatever. It's all you. It's all, it's you. all you. I'm just here to support you. <laughs> <laughs> but he would love something like that. He would. And um, what he loved, yeah, and that's true. I mean, he, you know, it's finding, I think, even if it doesn't interest you, if it interests your partner, you know, go and make that effort, like we've talked about for the past few weeks. Um, if there were something like that, I would have went with him. I certainly went to car museums with him. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, here I am admiring how pretty the car is. And he's like admiring, you know, what's the under engine. the engine and this axle and this. And I, I, but you know, it was the fact that we made efforts to do things that maybe the other one didn't really, you know, wasn't really into. For example, David would love if there was an electronics museum. Oh, geez, Louise. I yes. would never get him out of no, it. No, you wouldn't. My husband is a journeyman and he's been an electrician for, oh God. 30 years, and so being able to look at the old, like, you know, how it, cause he talks about the copper wiring and the things that he has to go into yeah. in the old houses. Yeah. So having a museum based on the electrical or electricity past. Oh, you know, and it's interesting that we're talking about David, because it's, it's easy enough, I think, especially if you're, like, in a new relationship, to kind of figure out what somebody likes just by what they talk about or whatever. And um, one of my favorite stories about your husband was um, when your son was... Two Not even two. Or two. Just turning two. So, you know, you had always had daughters. So I had always just shopped for girls. So I remember walking in for one Christmas to the toy department going, what do I buy a boy? I don't know. A two-year-old boy. And I'm like, well, I'll get the most hyper-masculine thing I can get. And I bought him like this, like little, um, I think it was a Black & Decker, like little tool bench. Yep. What was so interesting. So we're there Christmas Day and we're opening all the presents and, you know, David being daddy. No, no, we're not opening it now. We're just going to, you know, open the presents and we'll deal with it later until the toy bench was unwrapped. Until the toy bench. Or the tool bench. The tool bench. And then it had to be put together right, right then and there. Right. Christmas halted that year. So we could put the tool bench together. <laughs> Daddy got on the floor with the two-year-old, and they started building this Black & Decker tool bench with the Black & Decker hammer and the Black & Decker little saw and the Black & Decker little And right then and there, I'm like, oh, I found something that interests David. You knew it. Tools. Tools. <laughs> My man is all about tools, He and I think a lot of men are. And, and the dollhouse got put together eventually, but it was the tool bench that was a necessity first. It, it was. The yeah. tool, all, all of that thing was really cute with the little plastic hammers and things. That was really cute. And they, they had the little nails and yes. the little screw, mm-hmm. right, the mm-hmm. little screw bolts. And oh, it was so cute. It was so cute. It very, was so cute. very cute. Yeah. So definitely, <laughs> the, if art isn't your... Uh, Way to go, isn't your passion? There are hundreds of museums for any and every possible subject matter out there. And so I recommend as an alternative date or as an additional date, find a museum and go on a, on a nice afternoon and take your partner and go look at something that interests you or something that you want to be um, more passionate about. And what I have done, as as you know, in my book, we I pair food with the dates. Mm-hmm. The food I paired for this is museums would be French food. There you go, French food. For, since we have a lot of our art and a lot of our um, cultural things come from France, I decided to pair our museum date with French food. And um, the book, my book, Fifty Two Dates One Year Together has a huge list of amazing French foods that I would, French restaurants that I would love to uh, go to or I have been to. Um, The one that highlights the most is, that I look at the post, is um, the Possum in Richmond, Virginia, the Escargot Bistro in Oakland Park, Florida. I've been to that one. That is amazing. Uh, the, the, The foods, the desserts, it's incredible. If you are listening to us from Florida, go to the Escargot Bistro in Oakland. Um, there is Verdigris in Portland, Oregon, the Bibu in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and about 20 more listed in, for, oh, probably more than that. There's about 40 more listed in every major city 
in the United States across. And this will give you a chance to talk about the cultural aspects of each other. You know, do you actually like French food? Do you like French wine? Have you ever had French food before? What do you know about French art or French culture? So this opens up another avenue of conversation and communication, which, as we've said, is so important, is communicating and learning what your partner does and does not like. Um, if neither one of you happens to love French food, you can skip that, but I guarantee you, if you like cheese, if you like bread, if you like, you know, good, flavorful, savory foods, you will like French food if you have not had a chance to try it yet. I also want to talk about how my book has a lot of conversation starters for each chapter. There's a conversation part for the day or evening event, and there are conversation points for the dinner or um, meal event. And some of these questions are geared towards information about your partner. Some of them are just whimsical questions just to get a conversation rolling. Um, but again, for new partners, this will be a fun discovery zone. For the stable married partner that has been there, you know, been in a couple, for example, my relationship or your relationship, don't just assume you already know the answers to your spouse's decision or question because people change over time. So what may they, in the past, I would have said impressionism is my favorite kind of art. I used to love Monet, Renoir, Van Gogh. I love the impressionists. But as time changed and evolved over time, I fell, I fell into a passion for Rembrandts and the cherubs and the, you know, th so things change. Um, I used to be a white wine wa drinker, so my husband would buy me white wine. Now I'm a big time red wine drinker. My palate has changed. So things change over time. So even though you think you may know your partner's answers to the questions that I have placed, um, ask again, find out, rediscover. This is all about rediscovering where you are in your relationship and finding the passion that drives you both forward. Um, and so th these questions, there's 20 questions per chapter, are designed for you to get closer, to get more involved, to communicate, and to learn about what drives the inner workings of your partner so that you have it easier in making them happy. Because this is a, a journey for both of you, and you both want to be successful and happy um, and rekindle and re-spark the romance and magic that got you where you are in the first place. A typical question, for example, during uh, the museum date would be, if you could travel back in time and meet one person from history, who would you meet? Beth, do you have an answer for that? I might have to think about it. Um, what about you? Do you do you like? Because I would have to think about it, and there would be yeah. so many options so and many so many, um, you know, uh, areas of interest for me. Yours would probably be some author, I would bet. Probably, I would love to meet like Mark Twain or Shakespeare or okay. some somebody along those lines. Somebody. Um, you know what? I can say one thing. I, I don't know. You know, I'd have to stop and think about if I could go back in time and meet somebody. But I will say there have been, there's something that I'm, I kind of regret being a little too young to do it. And it's gone now. I would have loved to have seen Pavarotti in concert. 
Do you know? I mean, that that's not kind of the same thing, but right. it still is kind of the same thing. It, it shows you that that that's an interest of mine to have seen him in concert. Exactly. You know, but does that say? Oh my gosh! I mean, that's a good. It's so, a good question because there are so many. There options. are so many options. Yeah. And, but that kind of question leads you to the down the path of what it is your partner truly likes and is or truly values or mm-hmm. truly interested yeah. in. Do they want to go back and meet a politician? Do they want to go back and meet a musician? Do they want to go back and meet an architect, you know, a painter, a uh, archaeologist? Mm-hmm. For example, Stephen Hawking has passed, but one of the, my biggest regrets is that I actually did get to meet Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. I was 16 years old and studying at Cambridge. And I met him and his nurse in the park. Okay. And my wonderful response to Stephen Hawking's, do you know who you are? Oh, my God, it's so nice to meet you. Are you aware of who you are? And <laughs> thank God Stephen Hawking's has a had a uh, very right. great sense of humor because he was like, yes, I know who I am. And I was in his robotic voice. And, but he was so funny. And I would have loved, if I could go back in history, I would change that conversation. Probably, because you were young. I mean, now you'd probably still be like, do you know who you are? Okay, well, what about this and this and then the other? And tell me about this. And, you know. and now that I know more about string theory and, and, and physics, I would, I would have a plethora of conversations, you know, questions to ask him. Yeah. So those are kind of um, things and questions that will get the ball rolling into really kind of fun conversations. So a lot of the questions are geared to think of to for uh, mental conversations, mental stimulations, and just are also just kind of fun and whimsical. Uh, another one is that I know I definitely would not do, but I think you would. If humans ever settled on another planet, would you volunteer to go? I'm not necessarily sure I would. I might. Except that, being the chicken that I am, I have a fear of heights and flying. So how are you going to get me off the planet without kicking and screaming? I'm kind of the same way. I, 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 as amazing as space looks and sounds and from what we've seen, mm-hmm. I have no desire to be the first astronaut to go live on Mars. No, no, and I think it would take a very special person to do that. And, and you know, uh, and I don't think I'm special enough. But, uh, but and, 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 and of course now, and, and of course knowing me, I don't rough it, quote unquote. I, you know, my idea of roughing it is staying at a hotel where they don't leave a mint on your pillow. Your so, idea of roughing it is room service. Is not having room service, you're right. <laughs> but, um, so I'm not sure if I would do it. I, it I don't know. I, I, I'm probably. But too big there are so many adventure thrill people out there mm-hmm. that would absolutely, absolutely do it. jump mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. So you know, these are just questions to get the conversation rolling and talking and laughing. And again, I touch on how important humor is in a relationship. If if you can't laugh with your partner, that is another um, topic that I really suggest you find a commonality that you can laugh about and have fun. Laughter is so important in a relationship. You've got to have the same kind of sense of humor mm-hmm. as your partner. Mm-hmm. So finding, you know, finding mm-hmm. things that make you both laugh and just enjoy the moment, live mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, I've been having been to therapists before. One of the things they always would, you know, try to say is, "Don't dwell on the past. You can't change the past. You, it's already happened. Mm-hmm. Dwell on the here and now and the future." And so, live in the moment. Don't live in the past. Don't. And for those of you having marital problems, you have to decide not to live in the past. You've got to live in the now and 
focus on the now and appreciate the now. Mm -hmm. And so that's another, you know, uh, um, suggestion that I would have for my couples going through this is live in the now, forget the past, and focus on what you can do in the present to improve the future. Okay. All right. I think that's all the time we have. Again, I love hearing from my audience. Please email me at author.52dates at gmail.com. Once again, this is Catherine Borkowski and Beth Weiniger, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.